0: Hey you guys. Hope everybody's doing good and apologies for um lack of podcasting. Um the problem with buying a new mic, um it it basically made the quality of podcasting better, but the quantity of podcasts being put out a lot lot less. Um and I guess that's because it was far easier in the past when um i would basically just turn um the voice recorder on and crack on essentially and it didn't matter if i was walking it didn't matter if i was um on a train sorry i'm trying to find a pair of glasses as well not that i need glasses but um i have like nighttime glasses that are supposed to help with blue light um but I don't know where they are, so they're not much used to me. Um but yeah look like I say, apologies I haven't um been keeping people um updated too much. Um but look the, like there hasn't been a locking on. Um, it's probably one of the one of the only times in my career until now that I've really taken um, a recovery period quite seriously. Um, Not that I'm, you know, suggesting there's anything wrong with perhaps how I've recovered in the past. And um, I just think I'm working with Rob, then Mead, and, you know, Rob takes recovery a lot more seriously than I would have. And I think that's absolutely awesome um and so you know i'm not going to ask someone um like for their input um and and not you know listen when you when you ask for people's input then you know you want them to make an impact on your training it like the impact that they're trying to make they're not going to be able to make it if You know you're not listening or or you're not doing what that coach advises or um things like this so you know i there was a lot of trust already built between me and rob from many years ago and and then obviously when you ask someone to help and you know the the two races that you do pretty much since rob had sort of helped and taken over were as good as you know what the half marathon was and the marathon was well then you know a lot of trust builds pretty fast um so you know that's a that's a great thing um outside of recovering so re- how recovery's looked has been you know shorter runs trying not today's my longest run since the marathon i did 12 miles um there's been rest days there's been some days where i just cycle um you know this week was probably probably like not totally recover because i cycled quite a lot friday and then i ended up really tired saturday because of that um but it but look it, it's been a it, it won't go down as a waste um it's been really nice to just not have any agenda um not be trying to build fitness it's i either london absolutely knackered me loads or i've just calmed down quite a bit um because normally when I finish a race, there's a, there's a big review there, you know, there's a period of, well, what next? And, you know, I'm normally straight back into planning, whatever, you know, I think the next goal should be or, or will be. Um, whereas this time round, I've just been, um, not as, not as quick to just, jump into reviews and and jump into analysis and jump into what could have been better It, it it came in little bouts where I've done little bits and I've looked back at little parts and um there was some really obvious things like breathing you know really I need to do something about this breathing um that's a couple of times in races it's it's really felt like it's hindered me and it's frustrating that my breathing was really good at Antrim but then really bad at London um and for anybody that wants to kinda of know a little bit of background on that, it's um it, it it's it's a case of I, I feel my breathing more restricted in my throat than I do chest and lungs. And so we've done quite a bit of testing, you know, this past week um and we're starting to kinda of get answers for, for what's been going on and, and why, you know, it might feel like that. And and it's it's kinda of linked to stress and you know, I, I think the stress of the quad injury, you know, when I had to rest two to three days you know of the of the sort of two week period going into London and my body didn't recover as well as I'd liked after the half marathon you know I think stress just goes through the roof and when stress is pretty high there seems to be a bit of an issue with um, actually like my voice box and my throat and um, it kind of closes over I guess you could say and, and stress makes it close over and um, a, a bit of a. I, th- I think the, I think the condition is called um, ELO E I L O, um, and and it's pretty much exercise induced laryn larynx something maybe, um, and it and it pushes my throat to close over, and I, you know once my throat closes over. It makes breathing feel really tough and and then you kind of go to shallow breathing and and things like this and so it's something that i've been working on and 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 i will continue to work on now because you know it could see some really big improvements if if that's the kind of thing i could learn to control over the next lot of months and and years potentially. Um so you know that's really cool. Um you know just because a race goes well or or you know on paper it looks like it's gone really well doesn't mean that there's not things that you can fix and and look at and 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 search for improvements and and I think that's what I always tend to do a good job of is not um not being satisfied. You know I I I say things like I'm greedy and and I just want to be better but you know that is true and if I thought whatever performance I ran was as good as it gets for me then I I I'd, I'd be um I'd be sitting drinking Guinness for you know the next lot of years and my feet would be up and and I'd be able to just relax and, and take it easy but I know that I'm far from finished and and I know that the progression can still probably actually be quite aggressive um, mainly just because some quite big things that could be could be better um you know i i did some um gate analysis testing and you know i'll go into a bit more more detail about this but i um i actually worked with two companies um so far and one was kind of like uh taking 3d videos and and it was a company called run 3d and they strap you up with all this you know high-tech equipment and you run on a treadmill and um you you get sort of like feedback on running technique and and you know where where in your stride or or different areas that might be working a bit more than others or or not functioning correctly and um, and then on top of that um i did a really cool um assessment with a gate analysis company i I'm, i think the name is literally gate analysis and they've worked with lily partridge and charlotte purdue and um and a, a lot of guys like paula radcliffe there was an article in athletics weekly about these guys and and um, you might have heard of um run lab in belgium and you know it's kind of like a, a a uk branch um, version um and and they were they were really really cool to work with and um the two services should complement each other well um depending on how the you know the data is interpreted and look uh, so i did a bit of force plate walking and and then a bit of running and and then running on an alter g and then a functional movement test and all of this is um you know I, i don't just randomly decide to do things very very rarely um but all of this is linked to you know ongoing maybe issues in the build-up hamstring quad you know the reason that little injuries often pop up is just little tiny imbalances and you can correct some of that on the physio table you can correct some of it in the gym um but you know sometimes you need a bit more data um And then with data, you can get really specific about what you're trying to achieve in the gym, what you're trying to achieve. Maybe it's not a case of trying to change running technique, um. But but you certainly might be strengthening certain muscles in certain areas that you know potentially need strengthened, and then also might benefit from being strengthened because. It allows less load to be going through certain areas, and and that can only benefit you. And you know, if you can reduce injuries, and you can you know run a bit more with less problems on race day, if you don't get injuries, because you know with with about three miles to go, I really wanted to push on psychologically, and I'd got the breathing somewhat under control, but. Um, my body physically was, you know, my right hamstring was telling me no, and the the sort of right hamstring and right hip flexor ever since the marathon still, you know, to this day haven't quite been right, and um, with the stuff I did with the force plate and walking on it and running on it, there's a lot of heavy pronation on the right leg, right foot, um, and and pretty much zero so very neutral runner on the left side but you know a heavy pronator on the right and you know that's going to cause problems um and up until now I, i've been wearing a neutral shoe and you know there's there's probably room there to make a few very simple changes and very subtle changes um structure shoes or you know orthotics is is a is an answer um and, and so this is this is where these companies come in and they advise you and um you know you can take this advice on board and and then you make decisions um based on the data and and based on you know the interpretation of that data um so look none of this you know it's been three weeks since london um it's it's pretty much been recovery um getting back in the gym trying to get strength and and load and and weight through the muscles and and make sure they recover okay um We've been keeping an eye. When I used the Aura ring, which I bought, um, that that's not sponsored or anything like that. Um, we've been keeping an eye on that, and I guess what we're kind of looking for is as I increase load and I push my body in the gym, or you know, I do a run a little bit quicker. Or I've done a couple of small sessions. Um, nothing. Anyone that follows me on Strava will see. There's there's been a there's been a handful of sessions thrown in there that you know should be very manageable um you know for the fitness that I'd built before London um but what what we're keeping an eye on is how much stress does it cause the body and and do you recover well because that that's what's really telling you if you're recovered i i used to think it was a case of if you can do something you know you should do it and what i mean by that is you know if after the marathon you're not injured And you can run 10 miles, well, you might as well run 10 miles. If you can run two hours, you might as well run two hours. And I guess that's a bit like if you walk into a store and you know the shop owner's not looking, you could steal a Snickers. You could do it, absolutely no doubt about it. Shop owner's not looking, put it in your pocket, you can walk out of the store. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And and what I sort of was talking to Rob about was this idea that before the marathon and, and up until the second that the gun goes in the marathon, there's this really professional approach, really super professional, trying to look after all the little things, trying to get the race day 100%, no problems, blah, blah, blah. Then the race is over. And for me to not take my recovery seriously... And not allow my body the time that it needs to recover. It's kind of a bit ridiculous, you know. It's it's very unprofessional. It's not it's not the standard that I hold myself to. So, you know, to give someone like Rob that control and to say, you know, right, well, you know, what is a proper recovery and and what should I be doing, and and then to to see things in the aura ring, like you know. I go for a six mile run and I do it a bit quicker, like five forty five pace, and um, it's still nowhere near the level of difficulty of the marathon. Not even close, you know. Not even one mile at marathon pace, and and then I do a little bit of gym, and you know the the gym was a wasn't a heavy lifting program. It was you know very reduced, nothing like I would have done before the marathon, and and then to sort of track with the ring. For two, three days, that you know sleep quality not as good, heart rate variability a bit lower, so it's sort of telling me you know there's there's stress there, there's fatigue there, I could feel it um quite interesting, and I used to always point the finger at fitness, and I'd be like you know i've I've probably just lost fitness because you know I've not been training for two weeks and things like this and and actually i I think it is exactly what Rob would be talking about that it's basically telling you you're just not recovered yet from the marathon. And we all have ego and and things like this. And, and our ego's probably said, nah, you're recovered, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes you're just not. And, you know, a monumental effort like London, you know, maybe it really does take three to four weeks and sometimes more to recover from something like that. And I've no doubt that what I was doing in the past was trying to come back from these marathons a little bit too quickly um, and then what you probably found was for a lot of months or, or maybe even five six months you probably just didn't get the progression that you maybe could have got had you have taken your recovery seriously and we're always worried about time and running out of time and, and rushing to the next race or but you know we're probably by rushing the process of recovery we're probably actually costing ourselves quite a bit of time without even realising it. Psychologically, you think you're still pushing, you think you're still doing what you need to be doing to get better, but actually, you never stood a chance because you never recovered fully. Um, and because in running, it's very difficult to track all these things. How do you know if you're fully recovered? And and it is quite difficult. But you know, I I, I really like this aura ring. Uh, this is like I said, I. I I promise you i paid for this you know it's 220 pounds or something maybe like that but it's a it's a purchase that i've never looked back upon i've never ever looked back and thought oh that was a waste of money it's 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 been really really useful and it's we've we've now found like myself and rob we're actually probably going to add heart rate variability to um the training schedule and and start to see you know am i ready to go like two days after a session, one day after a session, you know, let, let's start to keep an eye on what that sort of heart rate variability is saying. And, and it's it's very much linked to, it's a bit like rest and heart rate, but it, it's linked more to the time between heartbeats, I think. And it's kind of like stress and, and fatigue and, and, and something to do, it, I don't know, it's quite complicated, but it, but it pretty much is telling you how recovered and ready to go we are and within that is diet, sleep, nutrition. Sorry, I have already said, like diet, sleep, stress, things like this. Um I guess the last thing to add today is I've started working with a company um here in Teddington or there's a they're, they're based a little bit here in Teddington and I guess they take um a full blood profile which is very useful at the minute. Um they they tap into, you know, like your your nutrition and what your sort of blood is saying about your nutrition, and um, what it's saying about fatigue, um, I guess what it's saying about all sorts of different things, and and they also do like a weekly, um, little little monitoring program where they take a skin prick, a blood sample, little little small blood sample, and um, they track from anti or like anti-inflammatory, so kind of inflammation, um, they check um creatine some kind of protein crp maybe whatever that is um and, and anyway it, it's the it's to kind of tell you where you're they do a stress score as well sorry um so you get stress you get how recovered you are and you get um inflammation um, and and they're all interconnected so um you basically get a score which is known as like a readiness score and that readiness score is is starting to kind of dial into. the how hard you um, should be training. Um, if you've been training hard, how well you're recovering. And then if you've been training hard and you haven't been recovering well, these little weekly monitoring sessions are going to start to tell you. Um, and really, you're just leaving a lot less. If anyone knows me by now, and, and you know you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm very analytical and driven by data and and things like this and and you know sometimes in running people think there's no there's no real place for that and and i guess i'm just the, the opposite like i i really think there is a place for it and you know i i think if i can do instead of like you know am i recovered can i crack on like these little tests are are telling you and you know if like if your heart rate variability is low and you walk around to the lab and they do your skin prick readiness test and it's low as well well you know you've got to pay attention to these things and and you've probably got to have two or three easy days and you've probably got to have you know good food good sleep and and it'll really reinforce the little things that are that are sort of keeping you in a good place and and so that that's the idea and you know there's no point owning this technology or there's no point you know hiring these guys to help and and then not taking it on board, not paying any attention to it, you know, it's, that would be crazy, so, look, it's all going to be taken on board, It, I'm, i I'm no longer just going to train recklessly and hard, and I'm going to make sure my training's pretty calculated, and, and I'm going to make sure my body is in a, in a good state to train, and really, I'm going to respect my body a lot more, because if, if the London build-up taught me anything, it was that, you know, crunching numbers and and big miles and it's not necessary um i certainly didn't crunch big numbers i certainly didn't put out big miles you know i i I was running 50 60 mile a week over lockdown i did a calculation where i you know i allowed i was biking quite a bit six or eight hours a week for a period of time and and so when i was doing like an average mileage for for covid And and for that sort of sixteen week period of lockdowns and things like that, I think I I suggested about seventy, but about fifteen mile a week was was actually the bike. I actually allowed the bike, the six or eight hours on the bike to be worth about fifteen to twenty mile or something like that. So you know it was it was relatively low low numbers, guys. Like even if it was seventy, even if it was seventy five, you know it's it's not one hundred and ten, it's not one hundred and twenty, and. And, you know, and then my 10-week build-up into London was, you know, an average of 78 mile. Um, now, if you look at the quality and, and you look at some of the stuff in there, it's, you know, it's it's fucking fantastic to be quite, you know, polite or not polite, whatever one you want to call it. Um, you know, it's bloody good. It's really, really good. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of really good stuff. But, look, the the key here is recover, you know, get recovered. Get training again when you are training again, make sure you're recovering in between the harder days if you're not, never be afraid to take an extra day. take the extra day, get recovered. Remember that training is to break the body down so that it come back stronger, comes back stronger sorry the next time, and you're a bit better because of it. Your body is like a sponge right we're a big sponge, but think of a sponge that you've you've already filled up with water, right? You know, it's already full, you know. You cannot absorb any more water. And when you're fatigued and you're tired, it's just like being a sponge that is full of water. You you cannot absorb any more. And the only way to absorb more is you know is to drain some of that water out squeeze the sponge let it drain out and and that's recovering that's eating good that's sleeping good that's normatex that's foam rolling that's all these little things physio massage um but what you're constantly trying to do is is make your sponge bigger you know I my sponge now is probably far, far bigger than you know it was eight years ago. So what that means is I can absorb more and more training before I get to a place where I'm that fatigued that I cannot absorb any more training. I guess what we do is we train and we just assume that we absorb it all, but we don't. So it's finding it's finding the right amount. And you might find that you don't train enough right now. You might find that you train the perfect amount or you might actually find there's going to be guys listening that simply train too much, train too hard, and you're you're actually wasting some some of the training you're doing might be a complete waste because you maybe never stood a chance of absorbing it, and so maybe that leads to frustration, and and you know you you oh but I've worked so hard, and and why didn't I run a PB? And sometimes it's that you work too hard, and and running's not fair. So you know don't expect it to be fair. Don't expect it you know because you've put in all this hard work that you know it's going to pay off like sometimes hard work is learning and knowing your body and knowing what is too much um but look yeah it's been a good it's been a good 3 weeks i i really do hope i do a couple more podcasts for you guys um i might be going to altitude this week which would be pretty cool um no no definite plans in place but you know i've i've been looking at different options and different things and um, you know I, I like altitude being part of my program and I find it really difficult to get back into professional mode and, and hard training when you know I, I like to change environment I like to kind of fly somewhere new and then after I've flown somewhere new and I crack on with training. It's kind of easy when I come back to the old place, which, you know, for now is Teddington. Then when I come back, it's really easy to crack on because I'm like, I'm super fit and I've just had a really good camp. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking into that. I think it would be smart. It's just difficult because of COVID. And, um, you know, it it really has been tough and it's tough for us all. And But yeah, it makes it a little bit more complicated with altitude. But, you know, guys, look, I hope you enjoyed that. Um like I said, apologies for not updating you guys sooner. Nothing's been wrong. I did I did buy a Guinness Surger, if anyone's been looking at my Instagram story and a couple of people have asked, same as on Twitter. It's called a Guinness Surger. You can find them on eBay, and then you have to buy the Guinness Surger cans online. Again, that was not sponsored. I just I just bought it on eBay and um it, it is fucking delicious, but I did drink about two or three pints three nights in a row and I woke up two days ago and I or yesterday sorry and I was just feeling pretty rough because of it so I need to take a few nights off the Guinness but look guys have a good one and take care and and you know all the best.